Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I am a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. Our guest today will be Vine Egdis. He works at the Texas Rangers as part of their player development department. But first, let's check out what's happening this week in the sports world. First, Major League Baseball is back. Finally, the MLB Players Association and team owners came to an agreement for a 60-game season. The season starts on July 24th. Players will be starting their preseason on July 1st. Next is breaking news. Cam is coming back. Cam Newton has signed with the New England Patriots for a one-year contract. This move will help the Patriots as the add of a formal league MVP to their roster. Strange news alert in April, following the cancellation of the NCAA basketball tournament, a Twitter account appeared called March Madness of Flags. The account pitted banners from all over the world against one another in a fearsome bracket to determine which was the coolest flag. During the final four, the St. Louis, Missouri flag beat out Stuttgart, Germany's entry, then went on to clinch the championship in the commanding 625-49 to victory over the flag from a Russian federal district north of Moscow. Now we know what Sheldon Cooper's one shining moment would look like. Our next segment is Unscripted. Some shows have a mystery crate or a fancy producer to give them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I'm going to draw out some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. The first one on our list is if a player hits 30 home runs this year, should that be the official new record? I think that should be the new record because that person would be on pace to hit 80 home runs in a normal season. The current record is 73, and that was during the steroid era. So I totally think 30 home runs in 60 games, that would be a totally new record. The second one. Is ice hockey a water sport? Technically, ice is frozen water. But come on, no one would ever think ice hockey is a water sport. Next one, will Cam Newton start for the Patriots? Will he be good again? I definitely think Cam Newton will start. Bill Belcher will get every last ounce out of Cam. Look for lots of exciting plays, run plays, trick plays, laterals. Anything Bill Belichick can think of will happen. And last but not least, pretzels or potato chips? It is a very hard choice. What kind of pretzels, like hard or soft pretzels, what flavor of chips, like barbecue chips or sour cream chips? But if I have to choose one, I would go giant soft pretzel with extra salt. And that does it, folks, for the unscripted segment. Our next segment is Stick By Your Picks. For those new to the show, 
Gabe and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right, we are very confident. We will not change our minds or picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. I will always have access to let you know that you should not bet your house on our picks. These, this is for entertainment purposes only. We are now up to week six. Announcer, tell us the first game. First up, the Kansas City Chiefs visit the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs are favored by three points. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to blow the Bills out of the water. The Patrick Mahomes is going to leash his cannon on them. I strongly disagree. Buffalo is going to win this one with Josh Allen getting the feel of things and a not-so-good Chiefs defense. Announcer, what is the second game? The Broncos play host to the Dolphins and are favored by six points. The Broncos are going to win this one in mile high as the Dolphins are putting the pieces together as they rebuild their team. I agree with you, but I think it will be close. But we don't know who the Dolphins' quarterback will be. And for that reason, I will pick Drew Locke and Loaded and the Broncos. Announcer, what is the next game? The Buccaneers and Tom Brady play host to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Bucs are an early two-and-a-half-point favorite. I will go with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But this will be tight. A Rodgers versus Brady situation. Brady will barely win with Evans and Gronk by his side. I agree. Green Bay Packers are going to lose with a poor draft class. The Bucks will take this one. Announcer, what is the next game? The 49ers are a big favorite by seven points over the Los Angeles Rams. I think the 49ers are going to beat the Rams in San Fran. It would not be close or pretty. I totally and strongly disagree. A battle for California. I think Jared Goff will look good with a healthy wide receiver squad. The Rams will take this one in San Francisco. Last but not least, announcer, what is the last game? The Dallas Cowboys host the Cardinals. The Cowboys are six and a half point favorite. A young Kyler Murray with Hopkins is the recipe for wins as they will steal this game out of Prescott's hands. I really strongly agree with you. The Cardinals will win this one. As you said, Murray and Hopkins are going to be Dak and Elliot. And that does it, folks, for Stick By Your Picks. But wait, stay tuned. Gabe, please tell us about Heroes and Zeros this week. Certainly, this is Heroes and Zeros, where we look at the best and the worst of the sports world. The Zeros of the week are the people who are flying Confederate flags outside NASCAR races. Get with the time and join us in the 21st century. That flag is outdated and racist. Sports should bring us together, not divide us. On the happier side, our Hero of the Week is Kevin Love. Love donated $500,000 to UCLA for mental health education and services. 
He also spoke with the group about his own battle with mental illness and his dream for ending the stigma on mental illness. Love is very courageous for talking about mental health and raising awareness about the, this difficult topic. That's all for now. See you next week on Heroes and Zeros. Now back to you, Jonah. Thank you, Gabriel. Now it's time for my interview. My guest today is Ryan Egdis. He works for the Texas Rangers as part of the Player Development Department. Ryan previously worked with the Alabama Crimson Tide baseball team. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jonah. Happy to be here. Welcome. So how are you doing today? Uh, I guess all things considered going on in the world, pretty good. You know, pretty crazy times, but doing what, what we can, you know? Yeah. So first off the bat, do you think the Rangers have a chance to win the World Series? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would argue that, you know, we have one of the deeper starting rotations in the major leagues, uh, one through five, and uh, especially with the addition of Corey Kluber, I, I think we have a pretty solid run. And, um, you know, ideally, not everybody wants to be playing 60 games, but uh, if that's the, you know, the, the hand we're dealt, I think our, our pitching staff lines up pretty well to do that. And not to mention, we, you know, we're starting to turn the corner offensively, so. So you think the Rangers do have a chance? So even with yeah, the Yankees, I, I the Red Sox, the Astros. Well, if you look at last year, uh, after sixty games, I, I think the Rangers were in either first place or only a few games back. So uh, I think in a crazy year with what's going on, um, whoever's going to be ready out the gate. And one thing that I know that uh. Our organization has prioritized is making sure our guys from uh, the major leagues down have been able to to stay ready and, and in shape during uh, this the shutdown. So. How has the pandemic affected your work? I would say very greatly. Um, you know, and baseball is a business where you you have to you know actually be at games and see games and and have games going on. But um, you know, in during the shutdown, we've uh, the organization has done a great job of, of keeping staff in the loop as well as players, um, you know, through Zoom calls and, you know, just different activities and stuff for us to do, projects for us to work on. Um, you know, everybody is always trying to get better uh, and improve, whether that, you know, maybe somebody's computer programming or somebody's learning Spanish. You know, this was a really good time to focus on some stuff maybe off the field for both players and staff alike. You were talking about how it could be a crazy year with the 60-game season that was handed out. Uh, what do you think of that 60-game season? Well, it's tough because uh, it's certainly unprecedented. Um, and, and being uh, at a spring training complex when the shutdown first happened, uh, there was a lot of unknown, but I think it's good that uh, the union and the owners were able to figure things out and get back on track in terms of uh, at least setting a date for a season. And hopefully uh, health-wise, everybody is okay that we can do that and play a full 60. And some interesting stuff can, can come out of it. Um, I've seen some people go back and forth about the extra inning rules with the runner starting on second. And it's an added wrinkle to the game that maybe will – 
uh, bring some interest. Who knows? But I think that's kind of where, you know, it has to be. So with the crazy game season, will we see new or different things with the shortened season? Like we'll, like what you were just talking about, the uh, sure. um, extra yeah, innings? I mean, yeah, I, I think baseball inherently in itself is pretty random. And uh, you see in a full 162 games, there's a lot of sample size, a large sample size for stuff to happen. And I think now in, in a shortened season, stuff is going to be under a microscope. So um, I think there will be more attention to detail maybe uh, pitch to pitch. So you might see different strategies in terms of bullpen usage because, you know, each game becomes a little bit more important now that it's only 60. So, yeah, uh, I, I would think so. I mean, you'd, you'd like to think that, uh, there's a little bit more emphasis on, on winning today. So I heard a report that there might be a 9am games. How do you feel about waking up very early? I'm of the uh, school of thought that if we can get games in and we can do it safely and and keep everybody healthy, um, it'll be good for both the league and just the country's morale to to have baseball. And I love watching baseball. So if you have it nine, 12, three, six, and then a nine o'clock game, like that's perfect for somebody like me. So uh, I wouldn't mind it. I I don't know how the players would feel, but Hmm. Where did you love first begin for baseball? Wow, good, great question. Um, well, I was I was born in Los Angeles um, and grew up a Dodgers fan. But um, oddly enough, the principal of my preschool, her son was a major league baseball player, and that personal connection. As I grew up, I followed the teams that he was on and. Eventually, he became a Red Sox. Uh, he, you know, was traded to the Red Sox, and uh, it was really that. I always loved the game, but I think it was that that series in 2003, uh, the Red Sox versus the Yankees, that really made me fall in love with the game. Um, just watching the the two probably most historic rivals in sports really go at it and in a crazy series, and then um, I was in the fourth grade. Uh, in 04 with when the Red Sox won and you know had the shirt with all the Mm -hmm. players names on it and you had a connection to a player so I think that's kind of just what always kept me uh naturally in love with the game who was that player Gabe Kapler uh he's now the manager of the Giants so uh yeah it was I actually met Gabe a few years ago at the winter meetings and it was it was a pretty cool experience to give him that nugget and I know he's a guy who knows a lot of important people so it was a cool experience but so you're you're throwing around like different teams so how did you begin to work at the Texas Rangers sure well like you mentioned before uh I started uh the past few seasons I've I've been at the University of Alabama working for their baseball team and uh, while doing that, I was getting my master's degree. And uh, once I finished my master's, I knew that, you know, even though I'd, I love that program in Alabama and love the people there, that uh, it was time for me to try to take the next step and, and get into professional baseball and did what I could to put together a resume and, and track down the emails for people in, in every front office and, and send emails to every every team and got some responses uh, eventually flew out to the winter meetings in Las Vegas uh, had a really cool experience there just kind of getting a, 
a different look at the business of baseball and uh, interviewed with teams there. And uh, lo and behold, I, you know, when uh, accepted a, a great offer from the Rangers and um, this is, I was with them last summer and then uh, was supposed to be, you know, was there in January, but obviously uh, yeah. plans, plans change. There's been a lot of debates, which is harder, pitching or hitting? Well, I'd probably, I, I was a pitcher growing up, so probably maybe I'm biased to say pitching, but, you know, watching some of the guys that are in the big leagues, watching them and the stuff that they have, I don't know how these guys even make contact. I mean, you got guys throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs with, you know, 90 mile an hour breaking balls. So I, I'd probably have to give the edge to the hitters. I mean, you you know, get a hit three out of 10 times, you're a pretty good player and not many other things you do something well, three out of 10 times, you know, you're uh, an all-star, but I, I would say hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do in sports. So do most coaches or staff have professional playing experience? I think in today's game, it's not as important uh, because while there is a very crucial blend of having on-field experience, um, you know, the game is moving in a way where if you can teach and you can coach, I don't really think the player is going to care if you played 10 years in the big leagues or didn't play past high school. Um, you know, you, you have to do some other things to prove yourself if you didn't play professionally or, you know, even at a high collegiate level, you know, if you, you work and you know your stuff, there's, there's plenty of opportunities in, in baseball and in sports in general. So in college, you mentioned you work with the Alabama Crimson Tide baseball team. What is the difference between working with a college team and a professional team? First thing that would be the difference was, I mean, obviously kids in college have different situations, but, you know, a lot of the times, and, and especially with the groups that I was with, you know, they're college kids. And on the professional side, you have, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who are, are truly professionals act that way in every sense of the word um, and how they take care of themselves on and off the field, whether that's because, you know, they're uh, – a kid from Latin America and they're, you know, they've, they've had the opportunity to come to the United States and play baseball. There's something different about that versus a kid who's going to play D1 baseball. And um, as somebody who was fortunate enough to, to work in the SEC for, you know, a few years, uh, it's, it's a big adjustment for a lot of those guys that, you know, if you're a, if you're a first round pick out of a, you know, a big, you know, power five school, maybe you, take a chartered jet on your road trips. You're not taking any, any planes on any road trips in the minor leagues, unless you're, you know, maybe double triple a. So I would say just the, the everyday grind is probably the biggest difference, but maybe just the, the type of people you meet. So what is your favorite part of you, about your job? Yeah, I, I actually, funny that you asked that. I kind of was having a conversation about this with my girlfriend the other day. There's, there's something really cool about, you know, everybody has their own individual departments or goals within an organization. You know, I may not know somebody in, in marketing or I may not know, you know, somebody on the, 
triple a training staff whatever mm-hmm. like we all have our own individual goals but the fact that we all are working towards one common thing and have that commonality between us is is a pretty cool thing and just to to be a part of something bigger than yourself um so, you know everyone wants to move up and everyone wants to you know have a good paying job but at the same time you also want to you know win I think that's why a lot of a lot of people get into this and I'm a competitive person you can ask everybody I hate to lose whether it's video games or a board game whatever I'm competitive and I'm you know bring that same attitude to uh to working for the Rangers wow so you're very competitive uh almost to a fault I would say but you know try to win everything I guess so yeah so who are some of the best players that you worked with or against? Wow. Um, so I guess working with is, I guess, maybe loose term because uh, I was fortunate enough to, to be around him for a few weeks while he was uh, in, in Arizona rehabbing uh, last year. Joey Gallo uh, was, wow. was pretty fun to watch from, uh, from up close and personal for about three, three and a half weeks while he was rehabbing um, that was, that was pretty cool. You, you know, and especially um, last summer I spent the year in the Arizona league, which is typically a lot of uh, players first dip, first dip into professional baseball. So it was a lot of pretty young players and just being able to compare them uh, on the same field to a, an all-star like, like Joey was, was pretty cool. And, and just getting to watch him was uh was pretty special, but um, getting to getting to be in on on some of the bullpens for our starting pitchers this year in spring training was also pretty amazing. Um, you don't realize how focused and how really uh, planned these guys are in, until you you get to really see them put in work every day. It's it's something special, and uh, I think it'll be a testament to to our guys to when we come back. Um, how they've been able to work during the shutdown. So Yeah. So you've been – me and you have been throwing around name, baseball players' names. Do you have a favorite all-time baseball player? It's This is another tough question because I feel like it changes every time somebody asks me. The person that I probably have gotten the most joy out of watching, probably Dustin Pedroia, um, just a – smaller dude but he was fiery and played with his hair you know Hmm. on fire and I mean he didn't care if you were seven feet tall he was gonna you know he was gonna give you his best and um I think the way that uh he's you know gone about his stuff his career he's done stuff the right way and yeah uh it was a fun guy to watch small guy great power exactly loves the high fastball Hmm. So you are involved fully in baseball. If you could play or work with any other professional sport, what would it, what would it be? Um, probably growing up, I probably would have said soccer. But now, as I'm 25 and uh, probably no longer in the peak of my athletic career, I'd definitely play golf if I could. Hmm. Um you know, especially being in from South Florida, it's something that you're around a lot and uh, it's a lot of fun. And 
you know, even in baseball, it's, it's something that uh, a lot of people do. And uh, I've gotten to meet and get to know a lot of people uh, within the Rangers organization on a golf course. So I'll go golf. Wow. So thank you, Ryan. For, I really appreciate you being my guest today. As a part of every interview, I ask my guests to take my, a short, rapid-fire quiz. I will give you two options. You will choose the one you like the best. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Marvel or DC? Oh, not a, not a superhero guy. Let's go Marvel. Cats or dogs? Dogs, 100%. Not even close. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars. Shout out to my boss, though. His dad mm. very involved in Star Trek. Being inside or outside? Um, I'm going to say outside because I've been inside for four months. <laughs> Car or motorcycle? Car. I would never be caught dead on a motorcycle. Mm. I'm not brave enough, that's for sure. Chair or couch? If it's a lazy boy, I'll go chair. Football or football? That's really tough. Um, college football. So. Yeah. There you go. Pool or beach? Beach. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Without mm. a, absolutely. Good job. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Welcome. And finally, my listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? Oh, I'm a terrible bowler. Oh, my gosh. Maybe like maybe like a 130. I'm so bad, like embarrassingly bad. I, I went out with a group of coaches uh, last summer, and they forced me to bowl uh, right-handed a few times because they didn't believe I was left-handed. Hmm. It's that bad. So I, I really – I don't know. I'm bad. Well, at least you try, at least you gave your the truth. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for being on the show with me. I was very glad you could come. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that interview with Ryan. It, it's so amazing how he started loving baseball at such a young age. Now, what would sports talk be without lists? Bupkis. So here are my lists of the day. Top five NBA players who I would want to take the last shot. Number five, Damian Lillard. He's very accurate with his shots and can shoot from anywhere from beyond the arc. Number four, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak. He's big and tall and can shoot over anybody. Number three, Stephen Curry. Because he is one of the best shooters in the NBA history. Anywhere inside half court. He can make. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. He can make fadeaways or running and is very clutch. And pressure never bothers him. Number one, LeBron James. He has so much experience with shooting last second shots. He is the king of this generation of basketball players. All right. Thanks for joining me for this edition of Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out next episode when it drops. Till then, see ya!
You can find the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast on your favorite podcast service. Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show. This has been a Hefeweizen Podcast production.